When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the podcast that takes a light-hearted look at lesser-known London stories with your own personal blue badge professional tourist guides. She's Fiona. And she's Alex. And this is the Ladies in London podcast. Hello, gang. Welcome back. It's Hello. Alex here. And Fiona. Hooray! Alex, you can speak! Hooray. I can speak! I have a whole voice. I have a whole Yay. voice now, which is good. So I'm back. I'm back, baby. How are you? Well, hey, I'm good. Yes, good. You know, full of voice, vigor. Full of voice, yeah, a certain amount of vigor. <laughs> yes, the vigor is lacking for me. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, this time of year, it's kind of the vigor runs yeah. out, doesn't it? It does a bit, but you know, it'll it'll return. I have to say, I'm we'll loving back. autumn. I'm loving it. Okay. Although I did just get a a, a random, you know, weather alert thing that it's going to get warmer again next week i'm like no 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 no. just give me just give me nice cool autumn temperatures i'm happy with that no no we've got you've got to have to put up with another whole weekend of glorious <laughs> warm weather i'm such an eeyore um it's funny because i went out my house the other night and it was maybe about seven or eight o'clock and it well i was about eight because it got dark and it had that lovely autumnal smell you know when it smells cool yeah i don't, I don't know i don't know if there's a word for that but Oh, I, you know, there, there probably is. There probably is. Probably a German word, and it's really long. Um, yeah. But it was so. It was that lovely smell of just cool air and cool ground and lovely. It was just really nice. Anyway, I digress. What have you been up to? Anything fun? Oh, this and that. Mostly house related. Building works coming along. Light yeah. at the end of the tunnel. Yay! Done some painting. Oh, you're having a tunnel built. That's very nice. Yeah, we're having a tunnel. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's taking so long. You know, Maybe. just <laughs> tunneling to France. <laughs> yeah. So few few little last minute hitches and discoveries, but you know, as is the way. As is it, the way. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Well, this week I I just been really fun. I, I those of you who follow me on Instagram uh, might know that I went to the opening of a new exhibition at the Imperial War Museum. Oh yes. Um. Now I have to say I generally so the museum is fantastic i i don't go that often i have to say it's not somewhere that i guide because i don't know it well enough but all of their exhibitions are outstanding i went to one well, it must have been last year which was war games and it was all about how kind of war has influenced gaming and all that kind of thing mm -hmm. and this one is all about it's called spies deception and lies and it is incredible and it's free um and it is all about they, they've taken 
um, about 100 years of spying history. So what they've done is they've picked out about 25 different stories and they've kind of woven them into this really quite interesting narrative. They haven't necessarily done it in chronological order. They they do things like the Skripal poisonings, which are obviously quite recent, and that's sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, and they do it more along themes of kind of, there's a theme of um, spy implements. There is literally a lipstick that was a, a spy camera. Yes. Um, a classic, you know, a boom box with uh, like recordings inside it was some really cool stuff then it goes into um uh, kind of actual like deceptions of people and how they you know well literally physically spying i guess the whole you know double agenty type stuff it's all in different bits and it is really really interesting there's propaganda and all sorts and then when i went in i, I hadn't quite thought about it as i went in and then i part around i was like oh hang on hang on hang on i wonder if two of our favorites are in here um, and I found a whole section on Operation Mincemeat, which, as listeners will know, is one of our most popular episodes and was very early on. Yeah. And also my personal hero or heroine, um, which is Noreen Ayat Khan. Uh, and yeah. she gets her own video. That's how amazing she is. Yeah. And on that note, um, there is actually a talk at the Imperial War Museum on Noreen Ayat Khan on the 6th of November by Shrabani Basu, who, if you remember, that's the lady who wrote the book, um, Spy Princess, all about her. I am going. I have my tickets already. Um, you can't make it, can you, Fee? Uh, mm. Have you, you asked me, me that already? Me? I think I asked you, and I think you said you couldn't make it. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's just mm. check. Say, say the date again. Uh, 6th of November. Hmm. I'm not sure. I might be able to. Oh, okay. So we're thinking, but, well, I'm thinking, um, another little podcast outing. It's not that far away, so probably not many of you will be able to make it. But um, I'm going to go, and it includes after-hours admission to the Spies, Lies and Deception uh, exhibition. Obviously, the exhibition is free, but it's an after-hours um, admission, so you get to go and have that too. Um, and it will be basically in the Imperial War Museum after it's closed for the day. Um, so I'm going to go to that. If anyone would like to come along, please let me know that you're coming, uh, because I will be fangirling all over Shrivani Basu for that. Sounds marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> and if Fiona can make it, I'm pretty sure I asked you. You said you couldn't, but hey, if you can, even better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, it's it's all round about then at the moment. Everything's up in the air because it's sort of we might sure. be moving back time. So, but yes, if, I did ask I Emily. Emily cannot make it because you know, mm-hmm. boo. Uh, she's got something better to do apparently. Whatever. Um, but yeah, anyone who does want to come, please come and join us. Um, yeah, and before. I'm sure you've got parish notices as well. Before we get onto them, just before I forget, because I know what my brain's like, another little parish notice from one of our other favourites, uh, Mary Seacole. She has had a new um, commemorative coin made for her Ooh. by the Royal Mint. They're five pound coins. It's got the very famous uh, portrait of her, yep. um, which is the lovely black and white photo, um, not not the painting, the the, the photo of her um, on one side, and you can. If you're into kind of coins and all that sort of stuff, you can you can get this uh, five pound. It's a five pound coin, but they don't go for five pounds. They go from fifteen pounds up to three thousand if you want the gold one. Um, but it's really really lovely. Um, so if you fancy, you know, doing that, then I just thought I'd point that out. But I think I'm really enjoying how. I, you know, obviously, we're leading the way here in with this podcast because we mention these people before they become obviously you know popular. Obviously, obviously, yes. we were there first. Um, but there's, I'm really enjoying how so many of them are being. Um, commemorated and recognized in the last couple of years yes it's really nice yes yeah absolutely 
Do you have any parish notices? Well, I finally um, sat down and um, dived into both both the emails and the Instagram. Um, and well done. I still haven't. Yeah. Also, apologies to. There's a few people who might have got in touch on Instagram, and it took me a while to notice because I always forget that there's some that don't show up straight away as messages there's, there's, a, the, there's yeah, the requests there's, there's bit one which or something is new out requests yeah, yeah and yeah. i forget to look there so um Same. in amongst um lots of messages there were three i just wanted to to pick out particularly um one from ellen who said how wonderful to have you back very nice thanks ellen one from natalie similar sort of vein but the title of hers was just hooray with an exclamation mark <laughs> I thought you were going to say, hers was just go away again. No, no, no. And one from Marion, um, who uh, I think might get the prize because the title of hers was just, woohoo! <laughs> four O's and four exclamation marks. <laughs> you are you are a lady after our own hearts, Marion. You are. Thank you very um, much, everyone. We are happy to be back. Yes. And there were, there were there's a couple of um, longer kind of things on my email that actually I might, might, um, I'll, I'll, I'm going come back to come to back to them because I sort of read them but didn't quite take enough note of them. So I'll come back to them next week. There was, but there was. A few I will endeavour to do something. I'm going on holiday in, a, in um, <coughs> week after next, so I I might t- try and take some time to read some things and respond to stuff then as well. Because right now my brain space is is really quite limited still. Yeah. It's, um, surprising that you know you sort of assume you're going to be absolutely fine immediately, and um, you're very much not. But hey. anyway, uh, yeah. Time time is good, isn't it? Uh, yes. things things take longer time and... is good holidays are better yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> right well it's your week this week right um where are we going i you have again you haven't told me what you're doing this no. week you just sent me a rather cryptic message going straight after the last episode going i've already got my topic and I was, so, oh hello yeah so i was i was is it christopher wren's really nope. um you know one of his nope. set squares nope. is that what we're doing no, no. no? pre-ren <laughs> pre-ren but pre-ren yeah. oh um okay. Uh, no, no, see, I was just thinking. Um, so I was putting together the pictures for the blog last week. So right. the boy Jones, yep. Buckingham Palace. There's no pictures of the boy Jones breaking. No. So, so I found a picture of Buckingham Palace at the right time. And I've tried to find a map to see where the um, the prison was, the Bridewell, the, um, mm. uh, oh, yeah. what's it called? My main has um, gone not blank. Bridewell. Yeah, Tot Hill Street Bridewell is what it was called. Yeah, um, oh, and right. um, in one of the images I found that marked that on was a map of a sixteen thirty one survey of the Grosvenor Estate. So if you go oh, back okay. to last week's blog, you can have a little look mm-hmm. at this, and it had the buildings in three dimensional. I do love a three dimensional sort of building Ooh. on a map, and. Looking towards Buckingham Palace, as if you were looking kind of along St James's Park towards it. Yeah. The closest building on the left was a little little house drawn on the map, 3D, called Tart Hall. Oh, that sounds like my uh, my dream home. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, instantly I thought, well, who, what, who, what now, <laughs> who, who would live in a building like that? Very good, Lloyd Grossman impression. Um, and so I did a bit of reading and I found who lived in a building like that. And it was a lady called, well, she started off as Alethea Talbot. Great name. And her eventual titles, she she married into the Howard family. Ah, so, now is this the Howard family? Uh, quite 
it's possibly it's one of those families with a lot of tentacles yeah (laughs) lots and lots of tentacles and that's the thing i haven't found any details of what alethea's character was like what her you know personality or things like that but i found a lot of stuff about things she did and she knew a lot of people oh okay okay i mean so strap yourself in there's a lot of name dropping coming up um so even even just with her she was alethea howard 14th baroness talbot 17th baroness strange of blackmere 13th baroness furnival countess of arundel oh my goodness um yes there should be more full stop the end (laughs) that was the end i mean that's a pretty hefty uh thing to put on your letterhead isn't it it's it's a good list of yeah so and she was she's the daughter of the earl of shrewsbury and Uh the granddaughter of bess of hardwick oh so instantly we're talking well bess of hardwick pops up sort of you know tudor era yeah now um, i don't think we've ever spoken about bess of hardwick on the pod but i do know that she is on one of my long lists of possible topics yes so well maybe we should come back to her then because yeah, there's all sorts of interesting stuff that she did she and her husband looked after mary queen of scots when she was in prison for a bit and things the the most sizable impact she has on uh alethea's life is that um alethea inherits a third of the hardwick estate Okay. Uh, which included vast swathes of Derbyshire and Yorkshire and, you know, Chatsworth House and Hardwick Hall and huge amounts. And one of the things Alethea did with that money is she and her husband, we'll come back to him in a moment, um, bought stuff. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> stuff. They they did the grand tour kind of you know this is early 1600s so they are um, trailblazers trailblazers in this and he is sometimes known as the collector earl and amongst other things she inherited from him when he died 600 paintings and drawings by titian bruegel holbein rubens rembrandt etc Wowzers. Um, and there is a rather nice painting of him thomas howard uh by by rem uh by rubens looking very kind of modern it's one of those ones with a sort of open neck shirt and not like not a lot of clothes i mean mm. i'm not saying scantily clad i'm just saying the picture doesn't go down far enough to show his clothing and steady on three-quarter angle just looks very contemporary kind of um more delightfully there is a picture which is of her painted um when she was living in antwerp again by rubens and um it's her and the jester and her dog and various other people from her household and then apparently at some point later some other hand has added in her husband in the background (laughs) brilliant <laughs> and you can clearly see when you look at it that he does it, like he's not as well done as the rest oh, of them. really <laughs> and it's, it's just fabulous that he's just kind of photobombed this portrait I love it. by rubens so so um he was brace yourselves another set oh, of titles coming up and with him quite a lot of doubt about the numbers so he was the earl of arundel but he was either the now, second... this is not arundel in frozen though this is no 
no, no Arundel. Is... <laughs> sorry. So yeah. I'm gonna say sorry. Dor- Dorset, possibly. Dorset, maybe. I maybe? came past it on the train the other week on the way to okay. Bognor, and yeah, with the lovely big castle. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Just wanted to make that point that. <laughs> <laughs> totally non-fictional place. Yes. Yeah, definitely not from a fairy tale. Um but he's either the second, fourteenth, or twenty-first Earl of Arundel, depending how you count them. Okay. He's the second or fourth Earl of Surrey. And right. probably the fifth, I lost track by that point, Earl of Norfolk. Okay. And they're one of their grandchildren becomes Duke of Norfolk, so they get upgraded from an earl to a duke. And the Duke of Norfolk is the head of the College of Arms, the person who still has to organise all things like the coronation and stuff. Yeah. So the Duke of Norfolk, that's we know that post kind of going mm. going forwards to, to nowadays. Um, same family? Same family, I think. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, and... He was a he was a courtier and a sort of diplomat and things um, in the early Stuart. So James the first, Charles the first's court, and amongst various bits of travelling and things he did, um, he escorted Marie de Medici home in 1641. She had been in England and she was escorted home, and then in 1642 he accompanied and I think. Uh, Alethea might have gone with him for this one. Um, oh no, she went. She went with him, uh, with uh, taking the Medici, Mary de Medici. Uh, home. Um, 1642. He accompanies uh, Princess Mary to go to the Netherlands to marry William of Orange. Gotcha. Uh, Later, so, Mary the Second. Yes, William and Mary. Yeah. Um, and Blimey, So they've got some. Um... Fingers in royal pies, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. Well, well connected. <laughs> um, and intriguingly, though, well connected, but um, Catholic. He apparently joins the Church of England, but kind of primarily for show, it seems like. Right, well. um, she at some point is, uh, what's the word, recusant, recusancy, but basically is, is accused of still being a Catholic. Um, oh, wow, okay. And so... When we get <laughs> maybe that too. <laughs> but when we get to the civil war, they're they're actually both in the Netherlands when civil war is clearly brewing, and as royalist Catholics, they go, "No, we're just going to stay in the Netherlands." We're not, we're not <laughs> yeah, fair home, enough. Kind of. So there you go. Which is interesting because the Netherlands was also staunchly Protestant, but I suppose if it's not quite as uh, volatile, you're not going to, you know, yes, you're going to stay where stay put, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so he, their, their main London house was Arundel House, which was just off the Strand, where Arundel mm. Street is nowadays. Yeah. And two two kind of oddities we still have in Arundel Street. One is the entrance to the disused Strand Stroke Aldwych Underground Station. Yeah. The other one is the Roman Bath, which Dickens ah. swam in and various things and Roman Bath, and it's not a Roman Bath. At all, it's, but some people said, "Well, maybe, maybe the Earl of Arundel, Thomas Howard. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with him as uh, Arundel, and her as Alethea. Okay, name wise, I think. So, um, because he collected lots of stuff and he did 
collect there's there's a, he gave a load of statues to the ashmolean and things um that he might have collected a roman bath or he might have created a roman bath but actually and there's another school of thought that says no it's just a cistern to supply water to a fountain in somerset house oh so it's quite small so, then it's not huge it's not huge no apparently it might even have been the 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 support that held the water tank oh, for the system okay. is, is one so it's more, possibility. So it's, it's not really a pool so much as it, or bath as much as it's like a plunge pool. Yeah. Kind oh, of it's, it's, it's a plunge pool. Yeah. Absolutely. It's only a plunge pool, um, <laughs> but was was definitely not Roman. Right. That was just a, a claim made later. Love it. But, Love you know. it. Um, but we have um, we have some images of Arundel House and we have some images seemingly from Arundel House okay. because one of the people who worked for them and lived there was uh Wenceslas Holler. Ah. And he is known uh he, well his his map of London is one of the maps that as mm. guides there's one of the ones we sort of go to it pops up yeah. as one of the sort of good early maps of London actually from 1666. So it is immediately pre Great mm. Fire of London and therefore quite an interesting use for hand isn't it <laughs> map. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but he also did a series of um, uh, etchings or engravings or something, but um, they are uh, named for the seasons and each one of the seasons, and he might have done more than one series of them, I think, um, but it has a, a woman in the foreground and then it has some kind of landscape behind. Right. And um, one of them seems like they're in Arundel House looking out. Oh. Um one of them seems to have so spring seems to have tart hall in okay. the background so that might be the only kind of good image we've got of tart hall um another one seems to be from tart hall because what you can see in it is the old st paul's cathedral oh. and the banqueting house gosh could you see st paul's cathedral from from where tart hall was then well or is it a a, a bit of a it might be a, artistic... it's a it might be a it's an artistic yeah because I mean, you, but you they, don't know when you take all the all the buildings away that we're using today. Stuff out who of the knows? Way. Well, exactly. That's the thing, and it's sort of tantalising. Like, oh, yeah. really? Would that be what it is? But I think it's not. I think it's just there is a landscape, and in the landscape there are two buildings, and they are both recognisably those two buildings, gotcha. as it were. So not necessarily accurate, but even if you didn't, I think we do know when roughly when it was created. But even if we didn't, beautifully, that's something that an image that you could date to about 40 years because it's after 1622 mm -hmm. when Inigo Jones finishes the banqueting house and it's before 1666 oh. when the old St Paul's uh, goes and she would have known the banqueting house because she performed there oh. um, in uh, one of the masks mask uh, oh. uh, maybe more than one but the, there's definitely one that I found a reference to of um, it was supposed to be Christmas 1608. Actually, it was February 1609. Just, you know, <laughs> another example of something. not. This is Charles the first at this point, who was a big fan of the masks, wasn't he? Was, was it him? Yes. Now, was it him or was, or was it, it James? James still? Oh, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Just nearby, I have my ruler of rulers. Yay! <laughs> uh, which is, uh, gang, if you if you don't know this amazing thing, which us guys keep on hand, it is a ruler that you can use, you know, to, to rule on one side, stuff. It's a ruler. And on the other, it's got the British rulers on it. So it's the ruler of rulers and it's very yeah. handy to have. Very handy for dates. And it was indeed Charles I. 
So, so he's quite big on masks. Oh, no, 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 hang on. James, James. Sorry, I'm mixing up the dates. That so whole James lot are quite big on masks, aren't they? James II, yeah. I think, is particularly big on it. Um, well, so this is one of those things that if there was a point in history you could go back to, mm. I, I would just love to go and watch a court mask in the Banqueting House. Yeah. Written by Ben Johnson Ooh. with scenery designed by Inigo Jones. Nice. And primarily for the scenery. So Inigo Jones brings theatrical scenery to England, basically. The idea, you know, wings and and um, backdrops and all of that, that starts with him. Mm. But not only that, for the masks, they were incredibly um, elaborate like contraptions almost like automata that that kind of you know open up and things would be revealed and clouds would come out the top and people would appear and just amazing stuff that we've got kind of pictures of but it would be it would be so lovely to see it in the flesh so if anyone's um, not quite sure what a mask is it's a sort mm. of mix between a, a masquerade and a fantastically over the top theater production it's yeah. the kind of thing that we don't really know well we don't have anything that's like that now. So that's why it would be incredible to see because imagine all of your bells and whistles, you know, your biggest sort of razzle dazzle West End show and then add more and then more bling and more. And then all the high, you know, the aristocrats coming in with masks and And it, it seems kind of to be an excuse for aristocrats to dress up yeah. and have fun. And, and it's almost a bit performative theatre as well because they sort of down. join in with it, don't they? Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that quite often it is kind of representing events and things like that but it's all mm. about flattering the monarchs yes that's yes. the bottom line of any blowing smoke occasion. yeah and also dress up in fancy clothes but also dress in not enough clothes so yes. they were often quite revealing <laughs> costumes and things quite a, quite um, a raunchy affair yes and so she she performs in the mask of queens okay um in February 1609 at in it, uh, the Banqueting House. And um, I, I know nothing more about it than that. Okay. <laughs> it, oh, no, actually, it's not true. Um, she, with Alongside um, possibly one of her sisters, but certainly her cousin. And her cousin, who shares Bess of Hardwick as a maternal, maternal grandmother, was uh, Arbella Stewart. Ah, now, someone else we've not mentioned, but who is also possibly worth a worth a, a looking chance. into more. So, well, maybe we should just leave it at that and come back to her another day. But she's a, she's someone who was imprisoned at the Tower of London that mm. Alex and I um, possibly talk about. I, I mean, I don't talk about her that often. I don't actually. I used to when we first started. Yeah. Uh, when I first qualified, but I don't really talk about her that much. She's she's one of the remaining ghosts, um, supposedly in the Tower. Yes, and it's it's a story that starts off quite kind of could be quite fun in some way there's a there's an element yeah. of saucy fun about it yeah. and then it all turns very grim and yeah. yeah so we okay let's leave it at that we might come back all to right, her. we'll come back to her yeah um but um so a few years after the mask uh alethea goes traveling and she goes to italy with inigo jones Oh. And Inigo Jones is the first classical architect we have in this country. And he actually went to Italy and he saw the Palladian buildings in the flesh and he kind of brings Palladian architecture back to Britain. Mm. And um, 
Ooh, actually, so that I'm just, I'm just, the dates have just see. occurred to me. You can see Cogs working. I can see so I Cogs went, going. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> she went very quiet and then just <laughs> be confused. So the 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 mask they did uh, that I was just talking about that can't have been in the banqueting house, or it was in the oh. old version of the banqueting house. Um, okay, you know Elizabeth the first's banqueting house. Um, that by then someone described as an ill, a slight ill-built shed. <laughs> oh. So they knocked it down, clearly, and built what was then, sort of 1620s, is is kind of the first classical building to be finished uh, in London. Okay, so she performed in the, in, the, in, in the rubbish version? In the rubbish version, in the, the pre... Oh. Yeah. So, so actually, but also, you know, she, she was there when the man who bought classical architecture to Britain was going to Italy. that That's another sort of snapshot yeah. of a moment in time that I feel that would be... It's quite a changeable period, that, isn't it? In terms of, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff that's moving around a bit. Yes. Yeah, you mean, so, like, influences? Yeah, yeah, and just, you know... Uh how just things like how society's looking and how london's looking you know there's a lot of different stuff coming in and different people there's you know, in it's, that century what do we have four four monarchs in that century yeah well, where's my ruler of rulers yes. gone again hang on four, four and a, four and a half here. if you count oliver yeah. Cromwell, kind of well we've got the end of elizabeth the first you've got james the first you've got charles the first you've got the commonwealth ollie crolly ollie crummy you've got james the second you've got william and mary yeah. as well so actually there's that's seven six slash seven monarchs slash rulers in in a century that's, that's a lot of movement that's a lot yeah but it, it's also the point where we suddenly get interested in europe and you know mm. european culture and the renaissance and the antiquities and all of that but but start you know traveling to europe and and well coming back with stuff obviously that we've kind of yeah. nicked uh, stealing <laughs> yeah. stuff um but you know it's it's a it's a big shift in british uh ideas of style and fashion and culture and mm. architecture and all of that and you know it's right at the beginning of that um but she she lived in venice for a while um nice. she stayed in antwerp for a bit maybe on the way to venice um her two of her sons were sent off to live in padua so she goes to visit them in padua um okay. goes to dublin and there was a a point some of this she was traveling with her husband but some of it she was setting off on her own and she was or she was supposed to do something and she was like well i'm not waiting to do that i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go and brilliant like at an era a time when aristocratic ladies wouldn't necessarily be doing all that on their i mean with an entourage or whatever i'm sure she didn't just set no, off but... on her own but um you know it was it was notable how much she traveled she was uh sort of described as having a mania for traveling <laughs> that, that feels relatable yes <laughs> um and she so her husband dies first he's actually he dies in padua she was in stays in the netherlands and okay. again another list of paintings after she eventually died in the netherlands they did an inventory of her stuff and it oh, included 36 paintings by Titian, wow. 16 by Giorgione, 19 by Tintoretto, 11 by Correggio, 
17 by Veronese, 12 by Raffaello, and 5 by Da Vinci. Oh my good grief. So. That is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, But she didn't just spend the money on art. She was also quite interested in science. And I like her. She she organised Building Tart Hall. Um, right. To be an Italianate villa, like the one she'd seen in Italy. And it seems like she built it to be a sort of place of art and entertainment and culture and science as well. And there's some suggestion she was used used it partly to do experiments in the style of kind of Francis Bacon, who, um, you know, very... And her her father was a noted patron of sort of early scientists in a way. So it seems like she and her sister both very interested in things. And one of the things she did, um, kind of, I think, from the early 1600s on, is she collected recipes. And some oh, of them back to recipe, back to recipe books. books, but it's more <laughs> it's more cures, it's medicinal recipes. Um, right. And eventually, after she dies, a book is published um, called Natura Exenterata, or easy for you to say. <laughs> if I could walk <laughs> like that, I wouldn't need the talcum powder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why those two gags live together in my head. But there you go. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Love it. Nature unbowled, attractively, okay. is what it thinks. And it consists of 1,720 secrets digested into recipes or receipts fitted for the cure of all sorts of infirmities. Oh, brilliant. So it's a, it's a medicinal, it's a medicinal one. It's a herbal medicinal and a lot of them are recipes that we probably wouldn't use nowadays, partly because we might not be able to get the ingredients. There's quite a bit of unicorn right. horn and things like that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, some of them... Famously famously tricky to get hold of. Absolutely, yeah. Um, some of them kind of start with, take three slugs, which is when... when no. That's a cure for um, swollen eyes, which, I mean, I, I don't know how it carried on, but that in itself is, is alarming. That's madness. Um, one of the other ones, it might, it, either her or her, so her sister also published a book of kind of remedies. Um, and I can't remember which book this came from, but there was one that involves collecting three balls of horse dung, boiling them up in wine, straining it off, adding sugar and then drinking it up. Yum, oh, yum, yum. Well, that sounds nice. So, um <laughs> So again, um, let's gonna say let's call it a snapshot. Old timey people are mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, because so it, it wasn't published in her name. It was attributed to some to Filiatros uh, is the author. But on the page opposite the title page, there is a portrait of Alethea. So it seems to right. make sense okay. that it was from her, and it's published quite soon after she dies um possibly because it it was seen you know thought unseemly or something to do it while she's alive or um maybe that there's some disputes about her inheritance amongst her children things so people were fighting over stuff maybe maybe they thought well let's publish this now and you know um she also somewhere in it uses the word nesh which is very very sheffield word and she she was born in sheffield 
And actually, if you think about who the potential authors of this work could be, someone who knew lots of recipes and medicinal things and could could quote the Latin, but could also would also use nesh as a word that really narrows it down. Um, oh, OK, but it, it it does mean that she's one of the first women to publish a scientific, technical, medical wow in this country that's really something which is quite extraordinary and it i at that point i was like okay now i want to find out more about what was in the book and then and then the kind of easily available information runs out a bit so um uh actually you know apart from uh, there's a few other people who've quoted bits from it and things like that but um i couldn't find you know uh, well i found an image of the front page um, but not much more detail than that. So, sort of tantalisingly, you know. Oh. So, so uh, what year is that? Was that uh, published, 1655. Gosh, I mean, that for, you know, it, it's it's very rare for, like you say, for women to have scientific textbooks in in the past as a general, but that's really yeah. quite early for And that. it is it is sort of, I mean, it's mad to say it's the birth of modern science or whatever, because science has always just gradually gone. But around about that era is the point where you get much more empirical studies being done and people actually testing whether things work or not. And maybe they didn't test all of these recipes. Maybe yeah, not, not the slug one. And the unicorn horn. <laughs> and but, well. you know, it's it's that era is gone again. It's the sort of... It feels like it's the beginning of modern Britain in in lots of different ways, and yeah. science is one of those things. Um, Gosh. So it's weird that you know that that just pops up almost as an afterthought on on a long list of other things she did in her life, and it's like, oh yeah, and this was published, mm. and you're like, oh okay, hang on, that's quite interesting in itself. She's really really accomplished, yeah. woman, isn't she? And and because you often think about women of that era as just being the the dutiful wife, the trophy wife, really. Um, so doing even one thing, let alone several, is, yeah. is quite a And I said right at the beginning, you don't. I couldn't find any information about her character, but what what I think you can work out is that she clearly knew her own mind, kind of, and mm. did her own thing. And one of the reasons she, like, quite often lived apart from her husband, which I mean, again, maybe in the higher noble, the more noble you get, the more likely people were to have different households things. But um, it's she was quite clearly quite happy doing her own thing, um, and there is um, there is um, sorry <laughs> two different things I was thinking about. There. Um, the name survives. So one of her sons is is Thomas, I think Stafford um, William. Stafford um and so where Tart Hall was is now Stafford Place which is so the Howard name disappears uh, uh maybe maybe not no one of he's he's Viscount Stafford this son so oh, maybe gotcha, one gotcha, of the gotcha, other right, yeah. children is that keeps the sort of Howard name going um but that that thing of you know a lot of the street names of London tell us something about who used to own mm. them or live there or whatever and Stafford Place absolutely and if you know the area uh, near Buckingham Palace it's just um, opposite um, the the other palace theatre the relatively new theatre yeah. that's opened up there Stafford Place goes up there and it's it's sort of 
fairly modest buildings nowadays it's almost muse houses and things but that's where Mm. um, the house would have been and again i was trying to piece together so she had six children three of them died in infancy two more predeceased her so only one of the six survived you know outlived her and that was william viscount stafford who in 1680, is accused of being part of a plot to kill Charles II. Oh, no. It's it's the Titus Oates plot, which, again, I suddenly thought, oh, we talked about this. And I'm like, no, 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 we didn't. We talked about Cato Street. But it's, again, this may be something we should come back to. Um, But more or less, well, do do you know... I don't know. It's one of those plots that I mix up with other plots. Um, I've heard the name, but I I don't exactly. uh, Maybe we should both go away and look into (laughs) it more. Um, But uh, so people are accused of plotting against Charles II when maybe they weren't, and fifteen people are executed. Yikes! That's a big one. Convicted by Judge Jeffries. Oh, again, it's one of those other names. Yeah, that crops up. Um, in in various circumstances, Funnily, so, another haunting. He he haunts a pub in Wapping, doesn't he? Supposedly. Oh yeah, yeah. Supposedly, yes. Um, so her her only surviving son at that point is possibly uh, without. Well, I don't know. I think innocent, but accused and right. and uh, executed. Clearly, by then oh. some of the other children had had children, so the the family does carry on. It doesn't okay. stop so with they, those. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's so the other not... two that die die as adults rather than kids. I think so. Yes, and either them or him have right. Gotcha. Have children first. Gotcha. So, so there is still a Duke of Norfolk and keep an the bloodline alive. God and... damn it! Yeah. Um, right, but so having... even, even though he's he's innocent, he's still convicted. Yes. Oh my goodness. Which again makes me think. Yep, I need to dig into that more. And <gasps> and so much of the stuff that I was reading, I was like, oh okay, oh I need to, oh I need to go back and find out more about that. And I need to, and I was like, oh no, hang on. We have to do a this... whole series just on this family. Yeah, it, quite. Yeah. And then and then like all of it, every name that I read, I was like, oh I oh I know. <laughs> so feels a bit like a like a sort of spider's web of connections. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of these aristocratic families, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? They they all um, intermingle, let's say, in a, in a yeah, yeah, as nice a way. Which as I is can not say. is not necessarily a good thing. No, um, and it's not no, necessarily a good thing not. that that we know more about them than the person who lived just next door to Tart Hall. Mm. Um, yeah, but they have been written written about, and having just started from one one build one like oh, what's that building all about? Um, I was quite delighted when all of this unveiled, and I thought, well, look, it's a sequel. You've yeah. had a few. You've had a few pods that have carried on a story, picked up That's a story true. later on, haven't you? I think. That's true. Um, the Koei Noor. Yeah, exactly. Had more did than that one episode one. and things. So, so I thought, well, look, let's let's have a little sequel from from last week. All right. Last fortnight. Okay. Or do you want to then uh, do a sequel of can, the next? Can we keep this running? I don't know. Is it OT? I mean, we can keep it running. Uh, that would be that would be a thing actually. Pick out one thing from to pass pass right. the subject back and forth. However, we might end up in a dead end. 
at some well, point we'll, we'll get mean, what more, we could, more specialist what we could do um is you're very good at, at, at these sorts of topics why don't we when it's your week you continue we can have a fiona series and i'll continue with random bits and pieces here there and everywhere <laughs> what do you reckon listeners let us know what do you think do you want a, a bit of a series oh, on this I howard like family from fiona potentially and, uh... i can feel this getting... <laughs> and there might be things that you get down to you're like well these happen but they're not very exciting <laughs> well, yeah but i mean i want to know about the thomas oates conspiracy yeah we've got we've got a few um we've got a few potentials there so okay yeah. i can i can a um, mini series at, at the very least let, let yeah, us know let's, let's, let's know what you think do you, do you want a bit of a titus oats scandal um and then picking up a couple of these threads from the uh um we've got our, we our go best. Stuart. we can yeah best of hard work as well yeah oh, let us know yeah because i can carry on with the uh the other bits and pieces and then we can sort of yeah intersperse the uh the Howard family dramas. Because, I mean, you know, that's the same family that Catherine Howard is a part of, of course. Yes. Um, not exactly the same branch, I would assume, but uh, um, but definitely the same lineage, bloodline, same, and that kind of yes. thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Intriguing. Right, wow, okay, thank well, you. That there we go. All right. Well, that's that's your that's your task that's ahead mission. of you. That's your topics covered now. You don't have to think of anything. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was really interesting. So, what is where Tart Hall was? What what is there today, if anything? Stafford Place. With, with Stafford with Place. There's no particular houses. building or There's no buildings left. No. Um, yeah. It after after the son was executed, they shut the gates and they oh. never opened them again. <gasps> that is like Arundel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So they just sort of knocked everything down. So and, and then and then eventually got knocked down, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The drama. The drama. Brilliant. Well, what an amazing um direction to go off in, having spotted a curious little name on a map from last week. Yeah. And do you know what? Thank actually the so one much. thing I haven't done much of this summer is research into anything mm. and it's really nice to just go okay i'm just gonna sit down and look this oh and see where this goes and oh it's oh, lovely ah, to go down those rabbit holes isn't it yeah and just go oh hang on a minute it's when the penny drops and you go oh wait that's yeah. that's a lot of fun yeah and it's i think it's the my favorite noise when i'm guiding is when people go Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the one that I love to hear. Something you crave. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much. Great. No, so you can have a look on the blog, gang, for some pictures. There will be people. some pictures. Um, yep. Looking forward to seeing that uh, open-necked picture of Thomas Howard and yep. Rubens. Seeing, and of uh, course, you've all seen last week's blog, and I suspect, or last fortnight's blog. But I mean, you, you must have been sitting there thinking to yourselves, who? Tartal, who, who would live at a place like that? So now, now I've answered it for you. Now you know. Yeah. Now you know. Amazing. Thank you so much. Right. Well, is there anything to let anyone, everyone know before we head away? Uh, no, I think. Just get your tickets for Shrabani Basu's yes. chat at the Imperial War Museum on the 6th of November. I'll be there, Fiona, maybe, uh, once we figure out diaries. Yep. Um, it starts at 6.15. Doors open at 6. Starts at 6.15. Live Q&A begins at 7 o'clock. There's a book signing and meeting, which, I mean, we're going to have to get involved in that. And then you can go and explore the um, Spies, Lies and Deception um, exhibition. Mm -hmm. So come along 
and I will be there. And you can either see me or avoid me, depending on <laughs> how you feel. <laughs> and um, interestingly, it's, it's the, the talk, I believe, is going to be, um, they've got this kind of roof terrace in there, which is right, funnily enough, at the top of the building. It, it's enclosed, no. but it's got this amazing roof. And I sort of spotted it from below um, the other day. and was like, oh, that looks amazing up there. And someone said, oh, that's the event space. And then I had a look, and that's where it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, oh. exciting. Yay. All right, Ooh. gang. Well, we'll see you in two weeks. Um, for another topic. Um, don't know what yet, but we'll have a think and come back to you. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Have fun. All right, lovelies. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.